Welcome to Live in the Messiah's Love. I'm Kamisha Lucier, one of the senior pastors of A Day of Prayer. And I'm so glad that you're here with me today. I'm so glad to have this time with you to spend in the Word of God. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, I just want to say a special hi and thank you for being here. And if you are one of the faithful listeners, I want to tell you hello and thank you so much. I appreciate your love. I appreciate the time that you spend listening to this podcast, and I hope that it's a blessing to you. If you have a moment, please take an opportunity to like this episode, to share it with someone and to subscribe to this channel. Today, I want to share a little bit with you about faith. That's something that the Lord has been stirring in within my own household, but then within me as well, just to remember his faithfulness by revisiting some of the things that he's done in my life to encourage myself and to stir up my faith again and and stoke those fires, if you will, that he is still a good God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And to approach him in a way that is like a child, because God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't, it doesn't matter to God if you've been in the faith a million years or two seconds. You know, those are too extreme in, in their exaggerations, but it's just to emphasize the point God doesn't, it doesn't matter to him how long it's been as in a way of qualifying or disqualifying. He looks at our faith and that is what he desires from us. But it also, when our faith is encouraged, our joy is also encouraged. So today I have the rest of my crew with me here. Um, and by crew, I mean my children. Uh, they, they come today uh, to be a part of the podcast just to share some of the things that God has done for them in their lives and, and help me out a little bit on this episode. So last week, my youngest son, Promise, was with us. And today we have two more guests and Promise is back. We have Layla, who is 17, and she would be kid number two. <laughs> Le Charles, who is 15 and is kid number three, and then Promise, who is 14 and is kid number four. So we're going to just discuss the word today, and I hope this podcast is a blessing to you. Today, we're going to start out reading a couple of different verses of scripture just to give us some, just some foundation and the word to meditate on as we're, we're fellowshipping. Um, Matthew chapter 18, verses three and four. And, the, and it says, and said, assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means in, enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And then Matthew 19, verse 13 and 14. It says, then little children were brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray But the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And, you know, as I'm reading this, I just hear the Holy Spirit saying there's someone out there that has this childlike faith, but they view themselves as less than they think they don't matter. They're not important because you're not traditionally a child. You're not actually a child in your your natural life, but remember who our God is. Remember that he loves you and that He just wants you to come to him and all the innocence, quirkiness, uniqueness, whatever it is. He just wants you to be his child and come to him with your faith and simply believe in him and trust that whatever it is that you're concerned with, whether it looks big 
or it seems silly to someone else, or it's important or not important, whatever it is, he wants us to bring anything and everything to him so he can be our heavenly father and he can answer our prayers. So without further ado, thank you, my my love, my beloved children for being here tonight. I'm so thankful that you took some time. And I know I said tonight, but forgive me, I'm recording and it's a little bit dark outside. So today, tonight, this evening, this afternoon, wherever we are, wherever you are in the world listening to this, the word of God is still good. So thank you kids for being here. And um, I just appreciate your time. And I just want to share a little bit. I want you guys to share with me some, some things that you've used your faith on and believe God's for and share that with their listeners as well. Yes, mom. <laughs> so welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you guys doing? Good. How are Good you? Mom? I'm blessed. Thank you for asking. Ah, I'm well, I'm well, I'm well. Okay. Awesome. So there's this one instance that stands out in my mind from how old were you guys? Um, I was like Nine, maybe 10, 11, 11, right around 11. 11. Okay. So it's been a few years, but it's a, a funny little story that we, we often reflect on within our household to encourage your faith. So tell us the story, please. Layla, you want to do the honors? Um, yes, boys, feel free to correct me if I miss any of the details. <laughs> Uh, so we had this vacuum. Dad had gotten this really fancy shark vacuum. And it was purple. Um, we were younger then, so we didn't. We were kind of lazy too. We would try to vacuum up socks, t-shirts, whole chunks of ground beef, curtains. Uh, we used the hose potato on the chunks. potato uh-huh. chunks. We used the hose to try to pick up pieces of clothing, like turn it off and put it in the basket, so we didn't have to lift it. Well, we just sucked up too many wads of paper and what uh, socks, and so our vacuum died. And we had gone to tell you and dad that the vacuum wasn't working. And you said that you were putting on your shoes to go to the store to buy a new one. And if the vacuum hadn't worked by then, we were going to pay for it. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So we scrambled down the stairs and we all, we unplugged the vacuum. We tried uh, removing the filter and washing it in the front. We tried clapping the ones underneath the canister because sometimes the, the dust build up causes the vacuum to not suck right and not work mm-hmm. none of those things fixed it so we all kind of like snatched the cord out of the wall we laid hands on the vacuum i said all right lord i saw what you did the lazarus you could raise him from the dead you can raise our vacuum too go ahead jesus do your work <laughs> okay so we prayed for it we waited a few seconds. We plugged the vacuum in. And as mommy was coming down the stairs with her shoes, we turned the vacuum on. We start celebrating because now it was working. We go upstairs to stop mommy from getting in the car to go to the store to buy the vacuum. And then after dad said, ooh, saved by the skin of your teeth, we went back down the stairs. We danced some more. And then we used the vacuum again. <laughs> okay. Okay. So is that, that y'all's, you, you can concur with that story? Yes. Mm-hmm. So yes, you you had not taken care of the the blessing that the Lord had blessed you with to be able to clean and do your chores, and you were you were mis- misusing that delightful vacuum cleaner, and eventually it died. But yes, at the sound of <laughs> your little wallets <laughs> being raided, so you can <laughs> take care of what you had messed up. You guys, ah, thought let me you after you tried everything else, you thought let me. Let me rely on the Holy Spirit. Let me get in there with my faith and get this done. 
And I can tell you that that vacuum cleaner, it was not working. And then after they prayed and laid hands on it, it was working. (laughs) And it lasted for several more years. I think they had another iteration of laying hands on it after they killed it. Yes. (laughs) And the Lord was faithful to them and raised that vacuum cleaner back up. And it's such a... You know, I think, how old were you, Layla? You were 11. 11? I was in the fifth grade. So, promise, where were you? How old were you? Around seven or eight. Okay. And I was nine. Okay. So, you were quite young, and the Lord heard your prayers. I mean, um, Matthew chapter 18, <laughs> verses um, 18 through 20 comes to mind with that story as well. This says, assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. He certainly was for a vacuum cleaner. Absolutely. And, you know, that's an instance to me that seems small. And even if even to the listeners, it may seem like it's something so insignificant. But to you, it mattered. To you, it was a, a big deal. And you guys were sincere, clearly sincere in your prayers. And the Lord heard you because you agreed, you applied his word, you you referenced, Lord, you did it for Lazarus. Which I'm sure his case was much more serious. That was pretty serious since I had no real money in my wallet anyway. So. Uh-huh. But, you know, you you applied the word, you agreed with God's willingness to help you and you trusted that he would be there and you applied your faith and you saw that vacuum cleaner be raised to, <laughs> raised from the dead. I want to say that it, it just makes me laugh every time I think about it. And that story is a story that's just childlike faith. And Yes, you should have taken care of the vacuum cleaner, and you all know that now, but God wasn't saying, well, you should have taken care of it and smacking your hands um, because he says that we should come to him when we're in need of wisdom, but that also just means in general help because he is willingly and ready to provide the answer in a time of trouble, right? And he does it without rebuke. Now, we see God through the scriptures and Jesus' ministry where he would say to them, your, your sins are forgiven you, go and sin no more. But he didn't say, you didn't sin this many times and it's, you sinned so long and you should have, he didn't, he didn't chastise anyone like that. He just said, do you believe? Do you believe I can do this for you? What do you want me to do for you? And then after he answered their prayers, after he provided for them, then he gave corrective um, instructions if that was needed. Go and yes. sin no more unless something yes. worse comes upon you or, you know, whatever whatever it was, the additional guidance or go show yourself to the priest and pay the offering or give the offering that's necessary. But he did that because he's a good God. And I just, I don't know where this is coming from and who you are that you're, you're questioning and you want to reach out to God, but you're going, but that's silly. That's stupid. You know, nobody's going to think that's important or it matters. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It matters. What does your heavenly father say? And what does your heavenly father think? And it matters. Do you believe that he's willing and ready to answer your prayer? Yes. And if the answer is yes, then you agree with him. Right. Promise. That was one of the things you shared with us last week, that part of that agreement of two or where two or more gathered is, first of all, us agreeing with God. How many people received their healing from the Lord in the the New Testament 
that didn't have anybody else that believed with them. They didn't have anybody else who agreed with them. The woman with the issue of blood didn't have anybody championing her to go get healed. No no outside person, Holy Spirit prompted her because we of ourselves don't go, oh, bright light, I think I need a savior. No, that comes from the Holy Spirit drawing us and, and sharing his light in our heart. But no one was there with her. She had to grab a hold of God and it was her agreeing with Holy Spirit and Jesus's willingness, his word already in the earth. And she received her miracle. She received the answer to her prayers. Um, Jairus, right? The people were yes. telling him, don't bother the master. They were telling him opposite, right? Yes. Yes. But he said, no, I'm going to grab a hold to what you've already said. I'm going to grab a hold of you, Lord, and receive my miracle and receive my blessing. So what are y'all thoughts about that? Well, I, I, I do have to agree that it's important to grab hold of the Lord, especially when you're asking him for things and that's in line with his word, of course. Um, and the Lord had reminded me of times where I would I had missed it missed my opportunity because i thought well maybe he's not going to answer my prayer it wasn't lengthy enough it wasn't fancy enough i didn't use million dollar words i wasn't talking on his level and the lord had reminded me and he told me he said i didn't ask you for an elaborate speech in fact i I said something about that already with the lengthy prayers that the pharisees did and i rebuked them for it so that's not what i'm looking for i just want your your heart and your willingness, not trying to control me and tell me, God, you're going to bless this. God, you're going to give me this or do this for me, but being open to what he wants to do in your life and, you know, rejoicing in it. Amen. Amen. What about you, Promise Lily Charles? I also, with an addition to that, as Layla was saying, it does come down to how the Lord views it. It's not, uh, okay, Lord, I'm going to use my faith to try to make you do something that's clearly against what you said. There's mm-hmm. none of that. It's not, Lord, I know I messed up, Lord, but now bless what I messed up and mm-hmm. turn it around for me. Yes, he'll be willing to save you from that situation, but it's not for you to go and do it again. That's why he said, go and sin no more. He didn't say, go get some bleach concentrate and rub it into your eyes so you're blind again. He said, don't <laughs> do stuff that d- gets you in this position in the first place and just move forward. Amen. Amen. But even in our times of trouble, he's willing and ready to help. And yes. also the same faith that it requires to move the, the mountain is the same faith that it requires to move the paperclip, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> no, there's Praise no paperclip listed in scripture, but it's the same, the same faith and it's the same God who loves and the same God who's willing to answer. Um, oh, go ahead, Layla. Mom, when you mentioned the mountains, the Lord just reminded me that it wasn't talking about a physical mountain but it was whatever challenge that or obstacle that the adversary was trying to put in your way and to um hinder you or stop you from achieving god's best in your life those are the mountains that should be cast out that you should remove by the name of jesus and the blood of jesus and move forward with that mm-hmm. go ahead promise well it's not just doesn't mean the um emotional or spiritual mountains it also means the natural mountains, because if you read, not like manipulating God's word to get what you want, but if that's what you need, the Lord's going to supply it. Amen. And you can see that inside of Hebrews 11, verses 1 and 3, where it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. And then skipping down to verse 3, where it says, By faith we understand that the words, that the worlds are framed by the word of 
word of God, mm-hmm. so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Mm-hmm. And so, um, last week, the Lord revealed to me that the same faith that the Lord used to make the earth, the very thing that we walk on, is the same faith that is used to get whatever we need. Mm-hmm. And how the Lord showed me that faith hasn't gotten stronger or weaker. It has the same amount of strength because God never changes. And because God never changes, it means that he won't change his principles and laws. Mm-hmm. And so the same faith that we, that he has, we have as well. And we're looking for the same material because everything inside this earth is made of God's faith. word. That's right. God's word that he released by his faith. His faith is what made his word alive and active. By faith, the worlds were framed by the word of God. Amen. 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 So if you do need a mountain to fall down, like your your path is blocked and you need a gust of wind and come on that mountainside and get those rocks out of your way, God is able to do it. And he's willing to yes. do it, yes. whether that be physically or naturally. Now, he's not a, a game player like, let me stand out here and see if I can prove if I can have this done. And, and you're trying to make Mount Everest move just to prove what God will set word said or anything like that from that perspective, that's not appropriate application of the word of God. But when his children need something, there's nothing too hard. Remember that because we needed a savior, God put on flesh, right? Yes. yes. Emptied himself of the privileges of being God. He didn't change his nature and his character, but he came in flesh just like we are God in God with us and learned obedience and went through all the same things that we went through or would go through in life so that he could provide an, an appropriate removal of sin, an appropriate pathway to back to the father. So he's not limited and he's not stoppable in regards of, I can't do that. That's too much for me. He's willing to do what's needed. That doesn't violate his word, of course, to help his children. He's ready and he's able to do it. And the, the thought process that we could have or be so significant to God that he wouldn't be willing to hear our prayers is just not from the Lord. That's an accusation from the enemy. That's the adversary trying to stop your thoughts or your coming to the Father by faith because, right, if he can keep yes. you in bondage, yes. he can keep you bound. But if you look up and say, God just wants me to come as a little child, and if I stumble over my word, Jesus, here I am. <laughs> you know what your word says. And so do I. If I quote that scripture, absolutely perfect. If I quote the King James or the new King James or the, the new living Testament or whichever, just right. That's not what God is looking for. He's looking for a heart that will believe him. He said, he's looking for faith. When he, when the son of man returns, will he find faith in the earth? Not a Bible quoter. Because again, you guys hear me say this a lot. The devil actually quoted scripture to the word himself. Jesus is the word, right? And in the beginning yes, was yes. the word. Nothing was made without him. Everything was made through him. And yet the devil still tried to come and quote verses. So it's not about that. It's about your heart. And the devil can never access God in that way. He can't believe God. His heart is it's not even available to him, but it's available to us. Le Charles, you have something you want to share, sweetie? Not at this time, Mama. Okay. Well, promise. Go I ahead. Do. Okay. Okay. Then the Lord paired verses... 2 and verses this Hebrews 11 verse okay. 2 and verses 4 through 7 okay. where it ta- 
talks about um, Abel, Enoch, and Noah. Mm-hmm. And if you actually stand back, most people generally separate the Bible into um, two halves. Mm-hmm. There's Abraham onward in the lineage of David mm-hmm. um, and Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other people who are not necessarily considered the lineage of David, though they are. Mm-hmm. They're the furthest descendants of Jesus. And you, by that, you mean the closest to Adam? Yes. They're, they're closer, the closer into Adam. Okay. And the Lord reminds me of how most people, when they read the Bible, they mainly look at Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the main people. Mm-hmm. And then going to verse 2 where it says, for by the elders attained a good testimony. And I'm only going to read verse 4 of um, verses 4 through 7 where it says, By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead still speaks. Mm-hmm. Amen. And so the Lord showed me that it wasn't necessary that he brought a good sacrifice because you know inside Proverbs, Proverbs it said, God loves a cheerful giver. Mm-hmm. And it says, um, it doesn't directly say this, but it says, if you offer God something good, but your heart's tainted, then your offering means nothing. Well, and you can, you can attribute that or connect with when he said, if you have an offering... And you know that your brother finds it has a fault with you. There's aught with your brother. Leave your offering. Go make it right with your brother. And then come back and present your offering. God is more concerned about our hearts than he is about the outward demonstration. However, that doesn't mean your heart. I've got, you know, that quote that people throw. God knows my heart. So that means I can send as much as I want. That's not what that means. That just means if you're not perfect, which we're bound to be flawed, God is covering our sin right? With his grace, yes. his mercy, his blood is there to make provision for us. So go ahead, sweetheart. And how it wasn't his, just the fact of his sacrifice, his heart was right towards the Lord. And because his heart was right, his actions coincided with it. And as a result, it became righteousness to him. Amen. Amen. It, inside ahead. of Romans, it talks about that um, some people may be circumcised, but in actuality, their hearts is uncircumcised to the Lord mm-hmm. and vice versa for the uncircumcised and how the same principle applies to here and faith. You, it may not seem like the Lord is concerned about what you want, what you need to be done. It's not just what you need to be done. It's what you would like done. Mm-hmm. Um, Inside of Matthew talks about God not only feeds his spirits, but he also feeds his people. Mm-hmm. And that if he feeds them, how much more will he feed his people? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it talks about how um, that because God feeds his sparrows, that he feeds his people even more so. Amen. And if we're not able to perceive that, it's because our faith is little, right? If yes. We're, if we're doubting or questioning that. It's because our faith is little. But guess what? All it takes is a grain of mustard seed, right? All it takes yes. is faith yes. the size of a grain of mustard seed. And you can do miraculous things or receive miraculous things. It's more like it from the Lord or allow him to work through you. So don't be 
don't be ashamed or draw back, press in towards God. That's, that's all you need. And grab a hold of God with that faith that you have right there and let him do the work. Go ahead, promise. And how I'm also not necessarily going to read it, but I'm going to um, paraphrase it. Verses, verse 7 where it talks about Noah and it says that because Noah built the ark that he condemned the world. Because mm-hmm, he obeyed God and finished that work that God gave him to do. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord is showing me that with Noah finishing the ark, although it was a big moment, all throughout the Bible you don't hear about Noah's righteousness. Not He did, let's say, he never did a wrong thing inside his life. He never stole. It doesn't talk about that. It talks about how he built the ark and then how the nations descended from Noah. Mm-hmm. So it, the Lord doesn't bring out our flaws. He's not accusing us. He's not... Um, holding it, you know, like, how dare you ask me? Don't you know you just sinned right two minutes ago? He's not the accuser of the brethren, and he's not holding our sin against us. He chooses to not remember our sin anymore, and he wants it to be brought under the blood of Jesus. So he has the the opportunity to forget the things that we have done wrong. And God only sees us through his eyes of blessing. He believed and called Noah a righteous man, just like he called David a man after his own heart, even though they committed sin, even though they weren't perfect in their flesh. But God said, you believe me just like Abraham. And I account that to you for righteousness. Amen. And then this also goes with what I was talking about. Um, Hebrews 10 verse 35. And then... Hebrews 11, verses 32 through the end of the chapter. Okay. So I'll read Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. It says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. I'll read verse 36 as well. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. So don't throw away your confidence. Don't don't deem yourself or your situation small in your eyes and don't compare it to anybody else. Believe God. If God was willing to raise up a vacuum cleaner (laughs) from an an electronic death so that three children would be able to rejoice and celebrate and save their little, their little coins in their bank account. Do cats. (laughs) Ducats. Be able to save it and be blessed. And just to say, thank you. God would have a reason to say, thank you, God. God did that without blinking an eye. He did that without batting an eye. And you guys used your faith. So God, with God, faith is the currency. It's not the faith of a, an, a grown-up, a faith of an adult, or faith versus a child. It's not faith of someone who's been in the ministry for a long time, or if you, you're called to the, the pastor or five-fold ministry, or you're, you're just sitting on the pew where you don't even go to church. God responds to faith. It doesn't matter who's using it when, where, or what they've done beforehand. He just wants to know that you're willing to come to him and he'll work out the details. He'll, he'll get you where you need to go and he'll bless your life. And if you're mistaken on something, like you're off target with your request, he'll, as long as you're open to that, he'll guide you. Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth and show you things to come so that you can get in alignment and receive from God. I mean, he'll take you through salvation, receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, whatever else needs to be done for him to be able to get the answer to you. He will make sure that it's done. 
Well, I just want to take a moment and say thank you for joining us for this podcast. Thank you, Layla. Thank you, LaCharles. And thank you, Promise. I appreciate the light and the life of God on the inside of you. And I appreciate you sharing your testimony with us today. And I want to thank you listeners for being here. I I hope this word blessed you and encouraged you and strengthened you to use your faith wherever you are, however big or small the, the matter is, go to God with it and believe him for his blessed outcome. And I also want to remind you to come back next week. We'll be here on Tuesday for a new episode and remember to live your life in the Messiah's love. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.